I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talk to the Audience where this is always death. I am one of your hosts, Bob Mackey, currently wearing a $900 t-shirt. Who is here with me today? Hey, it's Henry Gilbert. And just like Homer, I'm going to do this whole episode in French. We. Oui. Uh, you're, you're, you're getting there. One yeah. word. One word nailed down. <laughs> Ex, uh, exactement. You know, f- uh, no in French is just no with an extra N in the end. No. Yes. No. No. Just ah. cut it off sharply. <laughs> but anyways, French lesson's over. This is our community podcast, yeah. Talk to the Audience. At the end of every month for patrons, and the beginning of every month on the free feed, we go over what's happening in the Simpsons world and in our world, and then we respond to your questions and comments from the recent Roundup episodes. And welcome to the end of October, a much nicer end of October than what we happened uh, What happened in 2020, Ooh. where just walking over here remembering that, just on pins and needles, new election, mm. but now we got old Joe up there doing Cornholio impressions on stage. <laughs> his, his locked arms on stage. They well, never explain that. Uh, not no. to get too political up front, but I was reading uh, Twitter, you know, the Twitter uh, breaking news that tells you like, oh, this is happening and that's happening. It's usually people I don't know. But one of the news stories was like Joe Biden explains what his hand motion was or like Joe Biden's hand uh, signals explained. <laughs> he made the OK symbol or something. And people oh. were like, he's cheated white power. Uh, I thought it was going to be an explanation of his clenched cornholio yes, hands. I want to know why his arms were locked in that position. If it's a medical issue, like I yeah. I feel like we have a right to know as he's the president. I think but... uh, what happened was he needed TP for his bunghole. <laughs> and that's how it breaks uh, down. Yeah. He's, he's more fit than Trump, but like physically, but they both are very, very old. Yes, actually, this is for my Squid Game fans out there. He's older than the old guy in Squid Game, Joe Biden, <laughs> so figure that one out. But uh, uh, we'll talk more about Squid Game later. I got oh some squid stories to tell you all. Oh, man. Mm-mm. So let's head on over to Simpsons News. So uh, we had Trios of Horror 32 way back at the very beginning of October. So uh, I saw that about three weeks ago at this point. <laughs> uh, and there were parodies of Bambi, uh, Parasite. Uh, there was a story about evil trees. Uh, there was an Edgar Gorey sort of uh, very brief, like 30 second bit in a parody of uh, The Ring. Mm-hmm, but I, I didn't see it until this weekend because I put it off. Uh, well, I accidentally put it off because I just thought like my head thought Treehouse of Horror. That must be like this weekend, right? And, and yeah. no, they actually... Actually, for once, they did it early instead of late, as as it was for so many years. Even, they did it real early. Even though there were episodes that aired after it. Mm-hmm. Which is like, what, you couldn't have pushed a few weeks, but whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was all right. I thought I liked last year's a uh, little better, but hey, maybe that's because it was written by our friend Julie Prescott, you know, our mm-hmm. Twitter, our Simpsons podcast pal. But uh, as far as rating them, the animation on the Bambi one was really good. As, it, yeah, yeah, it was, but I'm, I'm really sick of it. <laughs> can you believe it, guys? We, mm. Disney owns us. Can can you think about it for a second? It's pretty funny. You know, all, well, also the comedy of like um, incredibly violent uh, Disney looking thing like Dave, that was one of the first things David Silverman ever animated professionally in uh, One Crazy Summer. Mm, it's right. basically the same joke. The bunnies, I, the yes, happy bunnies. Yeah. yeah. Though I did, I did like that it had a song about how these films scar you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. as a little kid. It does which, feel like uh, uh, total boomer material, though, because as we talked about with our Lion King podcast, Mufasa dying overwrote Bambi's mom dying yes, culturally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think we talked about this off mic, but or maybe it was on mic, but yeah, seeing the thumper Millhouse's head explode in that, I was like, boy, this is violent. Yes. Man. <laughs> they, uh, like, I think I said this on another podcast, but we watched a bunch of uh, recent Trias of Horrors, uh, my wife 
wife and I, mm-hmm. and I noticed that they are almost shockingly violent. That's what they're going for now. And I think in this one, there was at least uh, like two of these stories ended with a pile of corpses. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. The parasite one, I you know, I felt like it it most it got parasite up into the last like ten percent of it, and then I thought it's like you kind of forgot what parasite was about. It was not it, the parasite does not into, turn into a mass riot of every class fighting each other. Yeah. Uh, though I did have a chuckle at the joke of Lisa describing something that would help for a more equitable society. Amoga was like, is that socialism? She's like, I mean, it has features of it, but not technically. <laughs> and then they just all fight about that. I did like uh, uh, the ring parody. I mean, it's uh, I guess it's not too late for a ring parody because now the ring is a classic, but yes. uh, it was good. But I, it was very mean spirited in that the little girl came out of the TV. Uh, Lisa was too annoying for her. Yeah, I I did. My biggest laugh in the episode, though, was when Lisa said, uh, let's see your face. And it was just like a horrifying skull. And she's like, we'll work on that. Hard cut to the next shot. And it's just a skull with lipstick and <laughs> eyeshadow painted onto it. Yeah. Uh, and the trees one was the weakest one, but then I liked that in the middle of it, it had a joke about how like, ah, the set the middle story is always the worst. And it had a lame joke about trans uh, transplant. Yes. It was like basically the little shop of our Audrey too is saying like, Hey, I want to be with you guys. And the trees say, but you're a plant. It's like, ah, but I identify as a tree. I'm a transplant. So I was like, yeah, you're you're old people writing about trans stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think it was transphobic. It would just it no. made me groan out loud. Yes, yeah. They, I think they had a worse thing about uh, uh about all the things that Kang and Kodos identify as from a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, I was like you know that's a worse joke about uh trans gender identity stuff. But anyway, but that was yeah that was the uh, Trans Four. I had to download it, uh, pirate it because I couldn't watch it in Canada. <laughs> no, I had to, I watched it in Hulu on the in the purple mountains majesty of america so what happened next is pretty shocking to me because <laughs> i was out uh, with my wife I, I spent about 11 days in canada this month i was out with my wife we were having hot pot i'm looking at my twitter because there's some downtime and people are like sharing these videos of the simpsons in this high fashion kind of thing and i'm like what's going on and then i'm watching the video because it's kind of like uh the company who made this or sponsored it it's kind of playing it on a loop and i'm watching it and i'm like well this is just a few minutes long right and it kept going and it kept going and i was like i'm gonna wait till i get home to see what this is <laughs> so what it was was there was a 10 minute 10 minute long uh simpson short commissioned by the balenciaga fashion company never heard of french, it before french italian i mean we're too we we are too déclassé to know yeah. what these things are. i mean I, it sounds italian but i think it's french but anyhow David Silverman directed it. Apparently, it, it uh, ruined his summer vacation, or it, it got rid of his summer vacation. And Hope he got um, a big bonus for that, at least. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a New York Times article about it. And uh, what it feels like to me is that the Balenciaga company basically bought a Simpsons cameo I see. for a few million dollars. <laughs> because uh. I feel bad for the people who had to work on this because the animation is great. It's actually much better than any of those uh, Disney shorts oh, they yeah. made. Oh yeah. And it's an actual story. It's not like here's a bunch of references. Yep. Although there are references to all these people who are suddenly working their way into a Simpsons short. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, it's no different than uh, it goes all the way back to that, uh, you know, Aerosmith episode where it's like, yes. oh, there's Aerosmith's manager right there. But this yeah. is this has like eight Aerosmith managers in it. <laughs> uh, I felt bad for the people working on this because it seemed like these guys had complete creative control. Like, mm. uh, they should be wearing this, cut that joke, leave that in, make this in 
French. Man. I want my tear to be this color. It sounded like they were just cracking the whip and the Simpsons had to do all this stuff because yeah. I there was no mention of who paid for this, but I imagine there was a ch- exchange of money at some the, point. The, I mean, to get to make that much creative control, that sounds like it is, you know, the money was that good. They had to do it. It's like, I, I can't imagine Simpsons has... You know, all these internal rules that they would overwrite that and give up so much uh, creative power to somebody that's not, you know, famous to Americans, at least. Like, I mean, maybe it's one of those things like I I never we know what the UK thinks of The Simpsons. I always don't really consider what like the French Mm. think of The Simpsons. You know, I've I've only met Brits and Aussies and, and other UK types who they they have opinions on simpsons and enjoy it and also like oh this is what america's like right but but i wonder what the french think of it i mean apparently uh, they were big fans of it and uh, this is all uh, to promote a new fashion line with the simpsons in which you can buy basically what looks like target merchandise <laughs> for uh, hundreds of dollars oh man the, and yeah you know i've seen i've seen a pro wrestler who has a similar thing where he buys these it was a mickey mouse shirt uh that was like literally nine hundred dollars from a similar run uh and so it is it's i guess it's so people can dress casual while still knowing they uh spent tons of money yeah. on it. i mean yeah. it shows how day class say i am but i've i've never got this kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's like it just it looks like a normal thing but it actually costs a lot more <laughs> I, I think the most i paid for a t-shirt was uh in japan like a 40 dollar t-shirt mm-hmm. uh this is not at like a concert where t-shirts are always like 40 or 50 dollars oh, yeah, it was yeah. like but it, it felt like a 40 dollar t-shirt but i would not pay more than 40 dollars for a a single t-shirt uh yeah i think that's about the most i've paid for like a uh a limited run wrestling t-shirt that's what i paid the most for yeah uh not more than that but i i but speaking of paid i hope david silverman again at least got a hefty bonus that he can uh ha- take to the next burning man and have a good time at the very least like but god damn 10 minutes i couldn't believe it was 10 minutes i thought it'd be like two when i came in my feed i thought it's like okay two whole minutes just like the loki thing and it just kept going and going and homer starts singing beyond the sea but in french unless uh, i don't know if la mer was the song first and then bobby darren made it famous in america with an english version mm. i i don't i know i don't know i don't know the history behind that i'm just yeah. reading this article now just skimming it again and uh uh, here's a fun, uh, a fun little quote from the story. <laughs> so okay. From there, the story was revised and tweaked to the point that the writers joked about, quote, draft 52 of the Balenciaga script, unquote, <laughs> up to two days before the pair is showing. Wow. Yes. Wowee, man. That's like as many drafts as they did on the movie. Uh, not really. The movie had literally 900 drafts, I think they said. Or, but uh, close. That's that's nuts. That it's, is nuts. It's like a French company, but the head of it grew up in in Russia, in the Soviet Union. And like, there's all kinds of nationalities floating around in there. But mm, it's it's fun to watch because it's like, well, that's not a voice actor. Mm. I, am I supposed to know who this person is? <laughs> and they, that'll happen like five times in the short. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think that's the devil wears Prada lady. I was like, oh, that's the lady. Lady from Devil Wears Prada. That's the only thing I knew about it. Also, the short made me sad because the joke was that Marge has never had a French kiss before, as in Homer has never put his <laughs> tongue in Marge's mouth ever. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. What's what's that mean for you know the downstairs if he's not gonna French kiss her? You we know, we like, have seen uh, Homer and Marge French kiss plenty of times. Yes. Yeah. I uh, it I guess it was just a joke for that. It should be non canonical anyway, since it's uh, made by for a company. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I don't know where you can watch this outside of just their youtube channel yeah it's just posted on youtube it's not like uh does disney own this i don't know like Mm. i don't know what the like 
who who paid for this man where does it live who has the rights to it you gotta think it's like co-owned i would think yeah and i i would guess just like that uh the oprah footage that has never been like officially released i feel like it's like half owned by harpo half owned by disney yeah i just hope this does not uh spell the end for the show because if this can happen and you know frankly it's it's a bit harmless who cares who else out there can just buy their own simpson short yeah you know what like fucking (laughs) nft company is gonna approach them with a billion dollars and say Uh, make homer say all this stuff about nfts i mean literally tesla will probably do that yes i think they will pay it i i hope I which would you rather see that or them saying like wow it's all our favorite Eternals Homer meets the Kingo oh, well that's gonna Drew be hangs out with Bart that is gonna be a future short mark my words <laughs> I bet you that's the November twelfth short there's yeah. no there's been no new news on that since last month but November twelfth we'll we'll hear about it tell David Silverman there will be no sleep this month <laughs> uh, so uh, this week's newest episode which I didn't see so I apologize for that but it, it, I neither mm-hmm. but it includes a breast cancer survivor and inspired by uh, Renee Ridgely, uh, who is a breast cancer advocate and the wife of Matt Selman, who had a uh, a single mastectomy. So she yes. has one breast, and she is uh, about uh, uniboob inclusivity mm-hmm. in media. Well, because, uh, you know, apparently it's a thing of like, well, some women get, you know, a full ma- mastectomy as part of breast cancer and then just have a, you know, a, a new breast built, basically. Or sometimes even, like, double mastectomy and then new boobs. But Ridgely, she kept she she you know wants to wear it with as a source of pride or just like proof that she survived mm-hmm. and, and that's i think that's cool and i i mean it's nice it's nice of selman to also you know have kind of a tribute to his his wife and her her surviving uh, breast cancer a scary thing uh, and get that in the show so that's nice apparently it's yeah. called a uh, unilateral mastectomy ah. is what the official term of it is but yeah that was a little nice uh i guess collaboration between Selman and his wife to yeah. spread awareness of this I did I did read a review of that episode that it sounds like another Lisa suffers episode <laughs> which uh, is uh, I are that guy 3002 on Twitter was just like why why must she always suffer can't she win at some point it's been 33 seasons of just Lisa suffers so in our next bit of news here uh, Simpsons is making some ratings uh, records actually I think they were the number one show on Sunday ah, for yes. the first time since like like season one which just shows how you how few people are watching tv <laughs> yes yeah I've, i i've been intricately aware of the lo, the changing world of ratings because of a lot of pro wrestling ratings wars mm. that were going on this month which i won't bore listeners with but but now uh nielsen is keeping track of uh, streaming shows which mm. i wasn't aware of because it always seemed like uh who watches this it's always a mystery but now we have some hard numbers at least as hard as nielsen can provide and the simpsons is now uh number nine above gilmore girls and below Downton Abbey uh, in the list of uh, streaming acquired series so mm-hmm. uh, streaming series that are not produced by streaming companies they yes. were acquired by them and it's pretty much just the reruns charts and uh, it was just Netflix apparently has had for over a year that list has only been shows on Netflix and then all of a sudden Simpsons like got in there in their September chart which it's one of the, another of those moments of like oh yeah is what what does Disney think of their Simpsons purchase and if it's driving all all of this like traffic on Disney Plus, if it 
that would have to mean it is easily its most viewed non-original mm. programming on Disney Plus. So I would think Simpsons is doing pretty good for old Disney. Definitely. Right uh, I'm surprised about, about what I'm not seeing though, because I'm not seeing uh, maybe Peacock doesn't do Nielsen stuff, but mm. I'm not seeing The Office. I believe Netflix got Seinfeld. Uh, yes. And did they get Friends too? Uh, no, Friends is HBO Max. Okay, it Friends left, HBO Max. That was the big deal. It lost. It lost Friends and Office at the same time, and then it, uh, a year ago, over a year ago. And then they announced, like, well, we just got Seinfeld. Uh, in a year from now, it'll be on here. But we did get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were showing... Okay, that's another weird thing I saw on my trip. It was, like, they announced they got Seinfeld, and then Jerry Seinfeld did an entire ad for the Lego Seinfeld set, what? where he is in a giant Lego costume on the set. It's the it's hell? really insane. That's uh, it's crazy. I have yes. not seen that. That's, that's almost... But then again, this is the guy who did 8 million weird ads for the B, B movie. movie. So, yeah. yeah, it's weird to see what is making a lot of ratings. Like, Simpsons is below a lot of things but like things like supernatural <laughs> uh of course Grey's anatomy criminal minds number one is something called coco melon which i've never even heard of i don't know what that is. i i do know this nielsen thing it's like they're not getting access to the the streaming companies are still keeping their information tight yeah. to the best but this is just reporting yeah reporting from nielsen homes except hey what are you streaming so it was uh, but definitely, I think Disney was not shy to share that information. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, Squid Game and t uh, Ted Lasso topping the charts on yes. original stuff. Squid but Game has more than double the amount of viewed minutes in the number two show. Squid Man. Game is number one. So I'm happy that I'll say it when we talk about what we've been watching. <laughs> the normies are finally getting into Death Game stuff, mm -hmm. and, Wait, I, and I'm celebrating. It's great. It finally happened. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have some news about censorship in the media <laughs> uh, that I actually approve of because this sucks uh so a really bad joke from a season six episode of family guy involving marge and quagmire attempted sexual assault and then the annihilation of a family has been now cut from hulu reruns and i remember watching this back in 2007 when i would watch family guy to hate it because i was normal of course <laughs> thinking this is this is like beyond this is they've gone too far yes folks yeah. mcfarland's gone too far this time uh, he really has yeah no i mean i i remember when that happened the, then you know just a few years later they did the official crossover episode and i couldn't believe it because like i believe the behind the scenes story on that i remember reading at the time was the simpsons had taken a few shots first at family guy calling it a rip-off show and so they decided like you know what we're mad about these the joke starts as a joke about how there's an ad for simpsons that just like is overlaid on top of family guy like mm -hmm. and it's a distracting like bug in the corner kind of thing which is also funny because that happened to Arrested Development with a Family Guy ad that they got pissed about. Okay. Uh, but so they decided they'd do a joke that Marge is in the corner and then Quagmire attempts to kiss her and it goes from there. Uh, and and then, of course, I think the Simpsons people were like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we called you ripoff artists. We did not have, like, sexual assault and murder of your entire cast in our yeah. show. Like, Jesus I think Christ. I might have cited that joke whenever the Simpsons guy was a new thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe they did that. And uh, it... I mean, honestly, like it would never happen now. That joke. I I no. know certainly there's some people out there who s would see this as like censoring a censoring a classic uh, episode. How dare they? Kind of thing. But I'm, 
you can watch that clip all you want of all the quagmire scenes. I'd, I would think probably one of the most cursed videos on YouTube would be oh. like all the best quagmire jokes. I mean, like, if, if you start there, quagmire can't be a character for no. the first 20 years of the show. <laughs> Pretty much. If yeah. you're going to start there. So who knows where this will go. You pull but... that one thread, it all falls apart. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. <laughs> And so uh, the character Ruth Powers, last seen in season 14, Strong Arms of the Maw, will be returning, again voiced by Pamela Reed, apparently in a very small role. Ruth Powers has always existed after her debut. She's like always in crowd scenes. You always see her. So it was surprising to see her come back after uh, Marge on the Lamb in that season 14 episode as a voice character. Mm-hmm. And now she'll, she's back again. So Pamela Reed uh, still alive, still being Ruth Powers. I'm happy they at least got the original voice actor for a joke about, I saw a clip of it i didn't watch the episode but i saw a clip of it of just uh them saying like oh we don't forget our neighbors oh hi ruth and they just like wave at her i i think you know you think back to when ruth was invented i think really it was a james l brooks pitch of just like hey we should have a rota for marge like you mm-hmm. know well, let's uh she'll be a a gruff single mom raising her kid it'll be so fun we can have so many stories and the last one that was really dedicated to her was that march on the lamb which just felt like dave merkin comes in and he's like i'll do a nice thing for jim brooks and <laughs> I'll, I'll do an episode for ruth or it's like we got a thumb on louise parody who does who's another woman that can hang out with marge <laughs> yeah, helen <true>. lovejoy <laughs> maude flanders uh yeah i guess it really that episode only really makes sense with ruth yeah and polygon recently did a very interesting piece on web comics inspired by the simpsons although i will fact them up front and that they said that bongo simpsons comics ran until 2012 oh my I... wife drew those comics <laughs> sir and uh, uh they did in 2018 that, so that is uh that is just wrong yes it's like straight up a mistake well now you know let's just flush the little article <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it made me aware of some things i did know about like the couples therapy comic uh with like you know bart simpson and chris griffin and then there was like a sequel to that with you know connie hill and bobby hill and joseph but I was not aware of Spring Fight, which was a uh, like a is it the Shonen Fighting? Uh, yeah, series? that one was news to me as well. Yeah. I had not heard, and and also I uh, Polygon reached out to the artist too, and and uh, and there was also I forget the name of it, but it's the one of uh, the the kids in high school, like it ages them up to high school age, and uh, and I think it's even like set in the year two thousand. If you if you <laughs> have it set like oh they aged from from nineteen ninety to now. But yes, yeah. uh, so check that out. The name of the article is The Simpsons Fandom is Thriving, Just Not Where You'd Expect to Find It. Mm-hmm. And in more news, our last piece of news is that uh, Gravity Falls and uh, WWE entrance music was referenced in the second episode of season 33. And apparently the writer Nick DeHaan gave Henry the scoop That's right. on what's going on with the <laughs> WWE music. And by the way, yeah, Bill Cipher was in an episode. Mm-hmm. The Halloween episode, right? Uh, no, no. It was, uh, it was Bart G- Goes to Jail okay. is the name of it. It was oh. the one right before that. I watched yeah. the clip, but somehow my, my brain made it fit into the Halloween episode for I some mean, reason. Honestly, you would have thought when I heard bill cypher ahead of uh you know months ago bill cypher is going to be in simpsons and i was sure would have been this episode but no but yeah he he just says one line which is really too bad but it was really cool to hear uh on twitter you know alex hirsch the uh, bill cypher and the creator of gravity falls saying you know he grew up on the simpsons it was the most influential show to him and here his creation gets to be on the show and he gets to work with simpsons folks i mean we as we all know on gravity falls he hired multiple Mm -hmm. uh simpsons vets to work on it uh, most especially uh uh, josh weinstein in that same episode at the start of it it is a joke a series of jokes about seniors getting their you know uh, social security checks on the first of the month and 
the money that plays is Shane McMahon's entrance theme, like, uh, which I think is called like money, money. And every like Simpsons wrestling fandom, there is a big crossover of that, especially in the, if you watch the Botchamania shows, we had on Mafu, the creator of them. Everybody's like, whoa, they're playing this song like this. If you're a wrestling fan, the second you hear like, here comes the money, you're like, what the hell? Uh, and so I, me as, as journalist, I, <laughs> I went online to find out i replied to matt selman and said hey why is there a wrestling song in here and he said you'll have to ask the writer of the episode at nick dehan so i reached out to him or i tweeted at him like okay nick what's going on and he said originally he wanted the song to be the um the classic hip-hop song first of the month it's the first of the month that one but he uh, they couldn't get clearance Mm. on it and so he was just going down a YouTube rabbit hole of songs about money. And he came across that one. He doesn't even know. Apparently he's not a big WWE or wrestling fan. So he didn't even know it, but he's like, Oh, this is just perfect. And boom, they licensed it for the episode. So it was so. a coincidence that they happened to share uh, the WWE music with that uh, licensed song. Well, it was a song written for WWE oh, okay. and he found it on the internet. Got and was it. Like, Oh, okay. It was this song is great. And that was a WWE. Okay. Theme, so. uh, that, that that got lost in the uh, translation because I thought uh, wrestlers have their own music often that's like a song that already exists uh, well so uh, a quick history on that yeah in pro wrestling uh, in the 80s when nobody cared about song rights and TV broadcasts of wrestling people would just come out to like hey we're coming out to Freebird we're coming out to Eye of the Tiger and then by the end of the 80s when uh, Vince McMahon and WWE realized like oh shit we <laughs> have to resell these on videotapes and people are going to sue us if we play their music without paying them and I don't want to pay for their music so then they started the practice of writing original music for people to come out to like hulk hogan i was he, thinking of that he used to come out to rocky three's eye of the tiger because he's in rocky three mm-hmm. and then they decided no we'll give him the classic song real american which they wrote for him and they own the rights to and so by 1999 when that song debuted for shane mcmahon they were just fully on like oh, we definitely just need a song for wrestlers and we write the song and own it. Now, cool. Though now AEW, my favorite wrestling uh, group, they're turning turn it back around. They're actually spending the money on licensing songs people know and then giving them to wrestlers you don't know so you like the wrestler more. Mm. Like uh, there's a guy who's really cool anyway, Orange Cassidy. But when they gave him Pixie's Where Is My Mind as his entrance music, oh. I was like, I like this guy more now. <laughs> I like that for some reason. I associate him with something I already like. It's yes. very clever. Yeah. But yeah, that's all the news for the Simpsons world. Uh, as for us, a lot yes. is happening this month. So mm-hmm. uh, we are launching our newest podcast miniseries, Blabbing About Batman, the animated series. If you're currently listening on the Patreon, it's out at the end of the week. If you're listening on the free feed, it's already out. You can Woo! sign up for the uh, Patreon and then, you know, download the first episode. New episodes to follow every Friday through the end of 2021 and uh yeah the first episode is all about joker's favor the schedule is on the patreon it's a free post so even if you're not a patron you can see what you're missing out yeah. on yeah <laughs> and uh and you'll even have some little previews in in your feed as well yes. of, of that joker's favor soon or or when you're hearing this but look you'll know when you'll see it yes but just look at your feed it'll be there uh but me and Bob, you know all our miniseries have been before about you know sitcoms in the simpsons style to get to do this all about you know an action 
series like our favorite superhero action show growing up as kids it's it's so much fun mm-hmm. to re-explore and it holds up better than we remember yes even. yeah it's so good it's timeless and i love talking about it and you'll love you'll love listening to us talk about it because we had a lot of fun and uh no one has complained about the episodes we chose which yeah. i was very happy to see <laughs> yes i agree i greatly appreciate yeah. that only one person i saw said oh i wish it was feet of clay i was like yeah yeah i mean i get it just I watch the it. clip of him transforming online that's yeah, all you need to get yeah. out of it and it's it's the whole year up to the end of this year year and it ends with a perfect episode for the end of the mm-hmm. year too yeah so let's talk about our what a cartoon november schedule so up first we have another garfield special it's garfield thanksgiving because i don't think we've done a thanksgiving thing yet no no except for our... bob's burgers maybe that yeah. was the one thing we did and we did do that thanksgiving one but yeah now it's time for another thanksgiving special if uh and we it's ahead of the big old turkey day by a few weeks but so if you know if you really want to sync it up save it for for your thanksgiving it's trip perfectly spaced between canadian thanksgiving and american thanksgiving so but, we, we planned that and uh, that's just on youtube on the official garfield youtube channel if you want to give it a watch with a bunch of commercials or it's it's on prime video as well if you're if you subscribe to that and because we're in 2021, the 20th anniversary of Adult Swim, we're covering the last show we have yet to cover in the original Adult Swim lineup. That is the Brack Show, and the episode is President Dad, because the dad is the best character on the show. <laughs> and Brack uh, is second. Yeah, I uh, just hearing Andy Merrill's voice again and re-watching some Bracks, I was like, oh man, I love every time I hear his voice. Just it, The Brack only works because Andy Merrill's voice is a wacky cartoon man voice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fully him. So yes, we can't wait to talk about Brack. And also, to close out the month, we're going to be talking about the 1964 Rankin Bass uh, special, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So if you're on the $5 feed or on the free feed, you'll hear the extended free preview of that podcast. If you're on the $10 feed, you'll hear the three to four hour long podcast about that special. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's something I've always wanted to do since we started this podcast network because it is stop motion anime. You're going to learn about Rankin Bass Uh, and you're going to learn about how this thing came into being and uh, all kinds of fun facts about it. Not to mention, I think we'll have a lot of fun talking about uh, its uh, <laughs> its many lessons and, yes. and uh, themes uh, as well. Dubious morality. But yeah. yes, that is the month of November. And if you are a $5 and up patron on the second week of uh, November, you'll get to hear the Talking Futurama episode all about Insane in the Mainframe, one of the best episodes sandwiched between two really bad ones. <laughs> uh, because December, we're going to be doing The Root of All Evil, which is the uh, Dwight and Qbert story. Yeah, might, might be the worst of the original fox run I, yeah i think the, i think the other dwight and cubert episode is better actually yeah because yeah, they're really just accessories to bender being funny yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah a lot of fun stuff happening like i said oh go ahead <laughs> insane in the mainframe might be the most anxious i've felt taking huh. notes on maybe any podcast so it's <laughs> it's one of the funniest and most disturbing episodes yes. uh but yeah and for our december what a cartoon movie poll we'll be doing another one of our patented yes no votes uh this time for <laughs> millennium actress celebrating its 20th anniversary in 2001 so you'll get to vote yes or no if you want to hear us talk about it for our extended you know mega long podcast yeah we haven't done a satoshi Kon film yet and you know now they're all available in the united states again pretty regularly which is good because for literally a decade you like they were out of print uh everybody's got their favorites but millennium actress is mine uh it's a tidy 90 minutes as well and then on top of that like it's now 20 years since it came out to celebrate you know uh 2001 the start of the millennium which i i appreciate in japan they weren't like us 
who are just like year 2000 new millennium they knew 2001 they yes. they were pedants like the uh <laughs> american the proper millennium yeah but i i love that film so much the late satoshi Kon, one of the greatest ever like and i i actually found uh, this will give me used to use an art book uh, I didn't know they did an art book for it in, in that was only released in Japan, but bilingual. So it's full of English text oh, of cool. it that I, I picked up on old eBay. And so I, uh, you're going to learn quite a lot from that. But please, uh, but hey, if you vote no on it, you'll hurt my feelings very deeply, but we'll <laughs> do something else. But please, you know, yes or no, that'll be the, the vote, vote very soon in the uh, on the Patreon. Uh, but for November, a very busy month. For most, if you're on the $5 and up uh, Patreon feed, you'll get at least three episodes of Podcast Glory every month every oh, week yeah. sorry and then uh you know the extended free preview and everything so yes uh, lots going on blabbing about batman and uh yeah very excited to finally get another miniseries out there mm-hmm. and now's the time we talk about what we've been playing and watching outside of the things we're mandated to watch and play <laughs> uh so as for me i've not been playing too many video games i've been uh, doing a lot of traveling and working on a lot of podcasts to prepare for another trip but i did finish the great ace attorney after 40 hours and jump right into the second one no one's talking about this collection but it's really really good mm. and uh, if you enjoy 40 hours of reading while occasionally making a choice that's the <laughs> game experience for you i uh, keep by uh, you know i all that reading that's what's keeping me from playing it uh, no i have so many other things to play i i didn't even buy it because i i told myself if i'm not if i haven't touched famicom detective yet yes. i really can't spend money on great A. those are great too i beat those this year they're about like 10 to 12 hours so mm. much shorter adventure games so what i also did i finished the entire uh back for blood campaign with my friends on easy with all your left for dead buddies yes it's uh, it doesn't make you feel old to play that left for dead is so retro now that you guys can do a throwback game like that uh once i did the episode of retronauts about it i came to terms with that Mm -hmm. but uh yeah left for uh, sorry back for blood is really really good Um, again more people need to be talking about it it's a great online experience and uh yeah a very good successor to left for dead and there's a lot of games that i have purchased but don't have time to play yet (laughs) like metroid bread uh, metroid bread metroid dread <laughs> i said am i hungry dread <laughs> i think i'm just hungry metroid dread uh death loop uh the good life that's swearing's new game the uh the guy who made deadly premonition yeah i got my co- my steam code for that i haven't touched it yet either and i because i kick-started it yeah. me too uh deltarune chapter two and for some reason uh, because it came out while i was there or around the time i was there i bought the castlevania advanced collection and i just started playing castlevania circle of the moon the worst game in that collection but i just want to finish it once mm-hmm. every time i try to play it I, I can't do it but then now it's so much more playable now so i'm just gonna do it well it's not i you know i've played some games like that where it's like well i have to be able to say i beat every game in this series mm-hmm. even if i'm not that into that particular entry it's not a long game it's like no. i don't know eight ten hours unlike my choice of like well no i have to be able to say i've beaten every number dragon quest and so i gotta beat seven like and i'm gonna keep i'm gonna spend every hour on this for a oh, whole year <laughs> no, i could never do seven again uh as for watching so i spent 11 days in canada this month i watched Woo. a ton of movies and uh, together my wife nina matsumoto and i we watched three adams family movies so uh wow. last october season i watched the first adams family movie from 1991 amazing great movie this time i watched um adams family values with her we saw saw the 2019 cgi movie and then we saw uh in a theater the adams family 2 uh <laughs> the only people in the theater wow for that one but all, it was friday at 1 p.m so all right. yeah that, that makes sense you know sometimes with an animated movie though if you see it at that time
time you are risking like kids like uh, yeah like mommy and and kids seeing a movie but... we we chose our time carefully That's for that good. one but yeah the cgi's adam stanley movies uh i will say my review is movie enjoyed by all <laughs> uh because all right. they're perfectly cromulent i don't think they're bad mm. uh but i do think that they have all the things that kids movies need to have in them now which is like well here's a song everybody knows yeah. and i gotta say finn wolfhart he stinks up that first movie playing oh. pugsley wow that sucks well, i think i feel like they hired him before his voice changed and it just it doesn't sound and also pugsley sucks and i don't want to i don't want to listen to pugsley talk that much P- nobody's favorite no not, not one person likes pugsley <laughs> but like chloe grace moretz plays wednesday oh that's she, perfect she's doing a christina ricci impression but christina mm-hmm. ricci kind of defined the character for the past three decades so that's fine and she mm-hmm. does a great job yeah yeah i I remember when my mom took us to see the original Adams Family and she is like, Christina Ricci was born to play that role, was mm-hmm. what my mom said over and over again. And uh, so what else did I see? I saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage yeah, in the theater. you gooped it up. All, <laughs> all these things, I am so now radicalized against long movies. I saw so many 90-minute movies recently and now whenever I watch a two-hour-plus movie, I say, cut that, cut that, get rid of her, get rid of him. We don't need this scene, but yeah uh that i enjoyed the hell out of it i ate a lot of popcorn i watched uh tom hardy argue with himself oh yeah all of his wacky arguing stuff and well it's and also like directed by andy circus so it's Mm -hmm. like has this weird feel to it i uh i think my favorite scene in the movie slight venom spoilers i like when he basically has a coming out moment of just like i'm not gonna be in the closet anymore although people have said online why did venom go to the loud uh noise place when he doesn't like loud noises that's his one weakness you know what that's a it's a very good point that should sonically disturb him but it was a fun scene yeah yeah also i mean hey i always uh, not everybody has thought this but i always like hey it'd be cool to see shriek in a movie and i finally have seen Mm -hmm. shriek in a movie but though i really hate their pretend i have to pretend that woody harrelson is like 20 years younger than he is in this movie yes (laughs) you have to forget that he's 60 uh so yeah other things not to go on too long i I finally saw pirates of the caribbean movie (laughs) the first one I, i won't watch any other ones but I feel yeah. like uh, that's probably the best one. It was fine, but like I said, I cut 45 minutes out of this movie. It's a better I, movie. I have watched the first four, and I'd say one is definitely the mm-hmm. best. Yeah, I, the only positive I'd say on four over the others is that it has Ian McShane, one of my favorite actors in it, but... Uh, other than that i yeah the first one's great i loved seeing you do a meme based on an ancient line from this movie maybe i'll retweet that i don't think it got enough love but it it deserved uh, it other things i saw something that nina showed me was the uh, danny boyle space horror movie sunshine Mm. which uh they they literally state the plot up front because it's so ridiculous you have to get over that to watch the movie in that the sun is burning out so they need to drop a bomb on it to restart the sun (laughs) okay i've never seen this one that's crazy but when you go to restart the sun don't name your ship Icarus. Uh, Bad idea. You know, they're, they're being Icarus with that hubris of naming their ship that, I'd say. It was pretty fun. Uh, no one has ever really talked about this to me. I've never seen any mention of it online. But Sunshine is a fun little uh, sci-fi horror movie. And then uh, literally this past weekend, I watched Haosu for the second time, but this time sober enough to actually enjoy it. <laughs> it's great. It's on HBO Max. It's okay. like a very creative uh, Japanese horror movie from the 70s. I would call it, if you need a comparison, it's sort of like the Japanese Evil Dead 2. Oh, for where sure. Where it's like comedy 
gritty sure. horror, maybe not as violent as Evil Dead 2 or as grimy, mm. but like just cartoony violence, just fountains of blood shooting out of mm. things and like very goofy special effects. Replace a college weekend with a, a girl sleepover and that's the set. Yeah, I, you know, when you mentioned the sober thing, I, I've only seen it once. I was sober, but it was two in the morning uh, after watching three other films before it at the Castro Theater mm. in, in San Francisco. And so I feel like I fell asleep for 10 minutes of it on and off during the whole thing. And so, but but also I, I'm not sure because the film is so weird that if I misremember it from a dream, I could be remembering it act- yeah. accurately. It, a lot of things are very trippy in that movie, but it's on it's surprisingly just on HBO Max. So check it out. It's called House, but uh, people call it House Soup because that's what it's, you know, the Japanese pronunciation of house, the word house. Yeah. And then finally, watching TV shows, I'm one of the Squid Game participants. And uh, when <laughs> so, I s- so normie and mainstream of you, Bob. no, I was there first. I was out. <laughs> I was watching Battle Royale in the early aughts. I was playing Danganronpa. I was reading and watching Kaiji. Now everyone is meeting me. Yes, yes. on my own terms. <laughs> but yeah, Squid Game is very good. I have not finished watching it yet. Uh, but if you like Squid Game, there's another Netflix series called Alice in Borderland. That's another death game series. Japanese, not Korean, but I think it's very, also very good. And there's going to be more of that coming. I, I've heard you mention that Alice one before. Now I need to, I got to, well, now that Squid Game is apparently their biggest show this year. I feel I like. Think ever. Wow. Ever, damn. I think, I think I heard the word ever. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I guess we're going to be in a lot of death games then. Because if there's one thing Netflix makes decisions on, it's that algorithm. And the algorithm yeah. is, is coming up all death games now but now i've i've been meaning to watch it i'm sure it's great i hear it's great from all the right people and and i like death game stuff too not not as basically uh, i'd say i like death games half as much as you bob because i i beat like i've played half as much danganronpa as you and half as much of the uh the nonari games so i li- i'm but but i'm oh, i'm gonna watch this i just haven't made the time for I, it. I like the i like the uh the asian death game stuff because it's not focused on the violence like size uh-huh. where uh the games they play are not like soft your own foot i dare you bitch <laughs> it's, it's more creative than that and it's not uh, about like how disgusting the violence is that I happens the shotgun to your face exactly yeah. no no are the, the same with hostile or all the other ripoffs of the, yeah. the saw stuff yeah but yeah squid game uh you don't need me to tell you to watch it but here i am <laughs> uh well for me this month i was light on the playing other than bloodborne i finished bloodborne what a great game it really is my you know favorite of the but i i'm gonna start up dark souls 3 now because elden ring, elden ring got delayed not two so, yeah uh, you know what two is better than three uh, really i'm out here saying that all right yeah. okay I've, I've watched some youtube videos say different oh I those people have been great. radicalized by the elevator in dark souls 2 <laughs> don't listen to them i've heard uh, there's some elevator hate for it. i mean i own both i can just play it but well would you say i play souls 2 vanilla or just go straight to the sins of the solar if, uh version if you can still play vanilla i would just do a vanilla all right well I, i'll have to buy a 360 disc then mm. i think <laughs> but uh, i may but, have it oh Oh, all right hmm. we'll talk about this off mic okay. but yeah that, but yeah no after after bloodborne i think i'm ready to play differently too i'm not going to be i was i was a shield up poker man that's how i played all those games and now that i, I played bloodborne shield free i understand the shield free lifestyle hmm. i i want to i want to have more fun in the souls games instead of just the stressedness <laughs> of like oh no he hit my shield again oh no he hit my shield or again. pulling one guy off at a time to yeah, follow you yeah uh, i can take this opportunity to promote our newest retronauts episode yes. on the patreon retro, uh, patreon.com slash retronauts uh, you're on that podcast about dark souls with uh, gary butterfield and cole ross of duckfeed.tv uh great dark souls discussion oh yeah i was so that uh i that also 
uh, it kindled me to play some more of uh, it. But it really was, I was thinking after I beat Bloodborne, it's like, well, it's like, what, two months, three months until I play Elden Ring. I don't want to be all souls out. But now that it pushed a whole nother month, I'm like, it's like four months that. away now, right? Yeah, it's it's the end of February. Yeah. And, and I dare say that uh, I wouldn't, I would expect <laughs> it to get delayed one more time. I, I listened to that podcast and I'm happy I hedged my bets because <laughs> I said it's coming out in January. That's what we know right now. It might get delayed. So I, I put that in there so no one could say, hi, I told you so. That's very smart of you. Un- unlike me, now I'm on a Retronauts podcast that I don't think is released yet, saying that like, oh yeah, and on December 3rd, we're all going to play Advance Wars. Like, ah, nuts. Now now I sound like a jerk. But, uh, but speaking of Nintendo things, there was a Nintendo Direct this month that was a whole lot of fun. They r- announced the final Smash character ever uh, for a smash ultimate it's the guy it should have been sora from kingdom hearts he's yeah. finally in the game he's fun to play as I, I played a bit as him oh so he's already active in the game yes okay yeah he, he floats around he is another sword fighter like the it's the, a keyblade <laughs> it's different right uh they could they could just portion off the sword fighters into their own game called sword fight and it is a very healthy roster of sword fighters mm-hmm. that's how many they have but also it's just like an event to watch it together like to see the the tears cried by people a little younger than me who have been dreaming of Sora and Smash. You you had the perfect joke about uh, Sora and how it feels new to us, but is a classic game to people in their twenties. And and the no the gap is even smaller than that because like people who are approaching forty, uh, Sora. Well, I guess kids like that. People who are thirty five. Oh my God, Sora! <laughs> That's right. Yes. So we consider kids to be like, oh, what are you thirty six? <laughs> you like Kingdom Hearts growing up? Uh, you were in. You remember in middle school nine eleven. Yeah, I, I was at least six years older than that. <laughs> Concurrently with that, I played a little bit of the Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. My husband has went hardcore into that. He platinumed it on PS4 and PS5. You know, I wish they talked. It really sucks they don't talk in it. Maybe if this game did really well, they'll make a sequel where they actually pay the voice actors to appear and do some, or at least play clips. But Ren and Stimpy and Powder Toast Man are really fun to play hmm. as. It's full of references. Like, all their moves are references. And, and sadly, though, Garfield's not in the game. Uh, I, wish, I wish he was a secret character in it, but he's not. Garfield does not fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, well, it's like I it, one of their smartest moves was they didn't pick like Angelica or a child. It's Reptar. Like that's the Rugrats mm. representation. You're not. I think they really had a lot of hard choices to make of like, all right, what children can <laughs> you punch and which one or kids we're not going to let be in here and punch. Stimpy punch a baby. <laughs> uh, I mean, in car- he's done that many times in a cartoon, but uh, no, he wouldn't. A baby beat them up in Big yeah, Baby Scam. That's right. I got it the other way around. Uh, and lastly, it's coming out today. Sounds like it's a real uh, 7.5 out of 10 <laughs> kind of game, but I'm looking forward to it. Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game. You are Star-Lord, as, uh, as all the ads say. Literally the Chris Pratt version of him, or uh, is it the telltale uh, <laughs> Pris Kratz? Yes, it's Pris Kratz. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, the, 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 always the great trick they did in Guardians of the Galaxy was... They made the comic book guys look 80% like the movie stars, but in no way having to pay likeness rights. And that's so then they make video games that adapt the comic books that mostly look like the characters in the movie, but technically aren't them. And uh, yeah, there's there's even jokes in it, apparently, about how like Drax 
is a MMA guy in which Batista re- had <laughs> MMA matches. But... I, I'm actually looking at, I totally forgot about the Telltale series until you brought up this new video game. One of the last things they did, the yep. cover is of Star-Lord with the mask over his face. So it's like, <laughs> hey, buy the game. Uh, you'll find out what's under the mask. You might not uh, like what you see. It's uh, That disc is the only way you're playing. It got delisted. Mm-hmm. It's one of the many Telltale delistified games. Uh, but but this one, it seems fine. You know, it's, it's Eidos Montreal. Sounds sounds like it's pretty good. A single player as well, which, you know, the Eidos Marvel game, they did the Avengers game like that. Felt like it was an all right single player game ruined by trying to be Destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I'm looking forward to Guardians just being like, oh, a good a good single player game. And and also there's something about the treat of playing a AAA game when everybody else is. And I intend to do the same. Now that Advance Wars got delayed, my December gaming plans are all, all foobar and I'm going to have to play Halo Infinite because <laughs> uh, I got Game Pass, so I may as well. There is never a shortage of games, Henry. Think I about know. the things you've purchased and haven't played. <laughs> I know. They're but, all crying. But the, but the discourse isn't about them when they're not new Mm. anymore (laughs) and finally in movies i also saw venom and really liked it that post credits oh boy that made me rubbing my hands in excitement that that post credits Uh, if you haven't seen whatever you say mr billboard yes (laughs) (laughs) that's that was my comment about that uh hey i'm 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 looking for those english muffins in december (laughs) those those are gonna be great english muffins uh and also related to that been doing a rewatch of the spider-man films with uh with me and my husband and also the matrix films uh and my husband believe it or not has never seen any of the lord of the rings wow wow so uh we we watched fellowship uh the extended edition because i said like no really the extended edition is the way to watch them at least the first two i'd say return of the king it's the most indulgent extended edition but we'll still watch it but it is four hours long pretty much and Oof. i we i tell i when we got to the middle of the film i said oh yeah when this was in theaters the extended edition this was where the intermission was he's like then let's take a day-long intermission <laughs> and finish it tomorrow i also speaking of watching very long things i watched dune it was pretty all right i think mm. i've seen some dune heads uh not enjoy it or think it's bland by comparison but yeah it seems uh, very polarizing you know i thought it looked i i like how that guy's uh Villeneuve, or however it's pronounced how his films look like i i liked blade runner 2049 more than most I oh think. that was him yeah. right right so this is like very pretty cinematography lots of great actors cool action uh and yeah i mean it takes a slower pace like the one i watched it, i thought why isn't this just a tv show or like a miniseries like why why make a two and a half hour long movie that then you have to like uh, basically hold a knife to the throat of the viewers of like you better watch this or we'll never make part two you'll never see how this ends yeah that seems uh a bit unfair you uh, know? <laughs> why they should be filming them back to back i've never heard yeah. of this yeah i also rewatched a bunch of classic treehouse of horrors including the halloween of horror from season 27 which i can't believe is now five years old mm-hmm. that's uh whoo boy six years old what am i saying uh and uh then i'm up to season five of sopranos love that show great show many saints of newark all of the complaints (laughs) people have about it being cheesy or having bad acting in it i agree i still loved it i still like it's all my friends in the sopranos saying all their lines it sounds like they're gonna be making more of that If, if you watch the film they kill off actors who wouldn't be available for a tv if they were to turn it into a tv series uh but it's a good i think it would be a good mini series for hbo max if they're gonna look they shouldn't make more sopranos period but if they're gonna make them i this seems fine you know uh, also new seasons of on cinema at the cinema the greatest cinematic universe in the world i love it 
Uh, I love the movie expertise of Greg Turkington. That's the side <laughs> I'm on. There's a new season of the movies that made us, which is both you know fun and frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, the aliens. Giving a thumbs down. You the, can't see it. The aliens one was really great because they talked to everybody but James Cameron, including Sigourney Weaver, hmm. and it tells all these stories like I hadn't heard before about how James Remar was cast in the movie and they filmed stuff with him and then he uh, got caught with heroin and they're Ooh. like, well, shit, we got to recast him and Sigourney Weaver tells some great stories and they have these great stories about like James Cameron asshole also a great director like he's a perfectionist uh and uh speaking of other scary things I watched Muppets Haunted Mansion I, I think you saw that too, I saw that you? too yeah, uh yeah. I was slightly underwhelmed but uh, uh you know. I like to see they're doing new stuff <laughs> I liked it better than the 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 Muppets thing from last year the Muppets now or whatever that was, was just called. depressing yeah yeah this this was a little better I yeah like that and but everybody seems very tired it's yeah true. i yeah. mean uh so when this started up i was like what's wrong with the gonzo puppet they get a new puppet it's awfully <laughs> stiff and then i'm like well wait a minute how old is dave goals google 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 75 years old <laughs> if he can hold his arm up that long i i, I he can be as stiff as he wants mm -hmm. yeah i there's a very dark joke in it to me of gonzo getting old and uh, <laughs> and not being near any of his friends and i was like boy it seems like dave goals is like you know projecting his own fears into this scene but i was not impressed by the level of celebrity that appeared on this show though because it's like will arnett is here well will arnett had like 15 failed sitcoms he's yes. hanging out with muppets now it's like it's the least interesting member of community she's here too yes yeah I, hey, and look. she's really obnoxious online uh she i don't see her tweets for a while because she blocked oh, me right uh but i gave him some benefit of the doubt on the famous people because it's like oh yeah the, you did this in pandemic so it's hard to get all these famous people you know i thought it was all right John Stamos uh, appeared for like I thought he was like oh, okay Stamos is here he was only in there for like 45 seconds yeah he really was way too limited and of course Jeff Keighley is in it too which he should not he should be an uncredited cameo he is not famous enough to be no. appearing as a named person at the end of it that was very bizarre uh, yeah. so I don't want to be too much of a downer about this I like that they're doing new stuff but what's weird to me is that Gonzo and Pepe are a team yeah I, I like Pepe but it's Gonzo and Rizzo but we can't have Rizzo anymore because Steve Whitmire was shit cans. Yep. Yeah. And he was Rizzo. So it's just really weird for them to be gaslighting us <laughs> by saying, oh, it's your old pals, Gonzo and Pepe. It's just like, yeah. wait a minute. They don't, That's not what the Christmas Carol showed me. They're okay as a team, but I've, I believe I heard our, our pal who's been on our show before, Griffin Newman, he theorized it was because Gonzo and Pepe are the only two still played by their original, the creators. Mm -hmm, so yeah. that's why they're jammed together. I'd, I'd suppose I'd prefer that to them putting him with a fake, with the fake Rizzo that's in the show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, two more things I'll mention. Okay. The Mickey Mouse Halloween special. Uh, that's like the Paul Rudish style thing. That's a lot of fun. Check that out. It's on, on Disney plus. I watched the first episode of inside job. The, uh, the, new netflix cartoon show created by shion takeuchi who worked on disenchantment and gravity falls and alex Hirsch is an executive producer of it uh it's it's promising that mm. first episode it just debuted this weekend i just why does everything have to look like rick and morty i yeah. just i don't some, i expected a little different there some people were talking about this online and uh i kind of agree with them that it's weird to have a show about hilarious conspiracies when people will literally believe anything yeah, uh, yeah. currently because of you know social media and stuff and if they like you know, we talk about QAnon and all that other garbage like it's not that funny anymore no i i think uh, it which is too bad because i think 
I I know on Gravity Falls, like Alex Hirsch loves conspiracy theories and and the history of conspiracies. But yeah, by the time this show came out, conspiracies weren't. I wonder if this show would have come out earlier if Jan Six hadn't happened. I, yeah. I I have a feeling they sat on this show for some months. That that does seem likely. Yeah, I mean there there's always been conspiracy theories, dangerous ones that have gotten mm. people injured and killed. But this is now like peak dangerous conspiracy times for yes. us. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, not maybe not everybody's favorite time to see an episode that starts with the replacing of a president with a robot mm, you know mm. yeah uh but it uh it, <laughs> i i like it i it, i'll watch more of it it's not appointment viewing for me but I, I had a good time with it and and yeah keep watching wrestling everybody aew hotter than ever sadly my favorite japanese promotion new japan they have like the worst luck like they mm. they had their big main event this month and my favorite wrestler like dislocated his shoulder in the match and it had to end early and it's just like what a bummer like things things are rough in japan right now that's what it sounds still. like even though at least their vaccine levels are going up so maybe maybe it will actually be able to visit there next year without having to quarantine for two weeks i still need to take my honeymoon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in uh, japan yeah, you know by your third anniversary i think you'll finally <laughs> get to be uh, well we'll get to japan someday <laughs> uh so yes that is all of uh, uh that's all the stuff about us uh, as for uh let's talk about comments or talking simpsons up first is hungry hungry homer and shy ranger and a few others have said on our comments so this is shy ranger's words by the way and they say quote i was an avid syndication watcher at the time of this show i've seen this episode a lot and i can confirm that the mayor of albuquerque scene was cut the episode ends on homer's victory eating with the music so uh yeah very odd i mean I guess it's an essential joke, but it is still the ending it's of the, the episode. It's the last shot of the yeah. episode. It's how they leave you with it. It's like it's not like cutting a song from the middle or just some scene of Duffman dancing. Like this is the resolution to it. I, I it makes me wonder. Like to hear it on the commentary of Scully saying, "I've heard they cut out that bit." So it's like, oh, the syndication cuts are done without any like input from the producers. Yeah. That's crazy to me. That's why Mike Scully tried to engineer it so he would always use the longest version of the opening, so yeah. nothing would get cut, but things still got cut. They they uh, they cut the opening, but then they they sorry they didn't cut the opening, but then they cut things from the show in syndication, which is so weird. Yeah, I've uh, who are these people? But but thank you to Shy Ranger and so many other syndication watchers for confirming that. I I hate to say it as I usually do, but I never watched syndication if i could because mm. it i it would just make me mad seeing any cutscene. i knew it was missing and it would ruin my whole day <laughs> like instead of being a source of comfort watching these simpsons episodes they would they would frustrate me harry thornton also said about that episode where we talked a lot about lego or should i say blocko harry thornton says the funny thing about the brief lego simpsons renaissance of the mid 2010s is that it was surprisingly controversial among the some lego fans who thought the brand was too violent and profane for lego to have as a theme as a lego and simpsons fan since i was a kid it was baffling to find people out there for whom the simpsons is still this controversial thing they won't let their kids watch it's like we're living in 1991 and also more on simpsons and the theme parks beside the 20-year contract i've also heard that disney might try to use simpsons rights as a bargaining chip to get universal florida marvel theme park rights back from them if that turns out to be true it'd be a huge shame as the amazing adventures of spider-man is a favorite ride of mm. mine mine too still haven't been there is the florida universal better than california universal oh well yeah it's like triple the size okay, yeah. like yeah it's it's better in every single way other than you're not in hollywood 
Hollywood and nobody's if you care about taking a tram tour with Hollywood history and actually seeing like active film sets then that's the one thing I want to see it has over where they film Desperate Housewives <laughs> the most relevant uh, show ever look it's 10 Wisteria Lane every meanwhile if you're in uh, Universal Florida it's like here's where they filmed Sequest a long time ago mm-hmm. like or Darwin's <laughs> ghost still haunts this water but yeah the the Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man it's still the best Spider-Man ride Disney made a new one and it's not as good as the mm. 22 year old Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man oh, okay. ride. yeah it's well it's the greatest I you gotta I gotta go back to Universal Florida one more time because <laughs> I fear it'll get closed eventually you know what a couple years ago I thought I want to go to Florida sometime just for the parks now I'm like will I ever be able to go to Florida it seems <laughs> unlikely you know just take your boosters Bob like yeah. I, I got boosted up so I, I think I feel safer in Florida now I mean of course you, there's still your physical safety in the stand your ground state so just That's don't true. make eye contact with anyone just they, they frisk you before you go to the park right <laughs> you you treat it like you're in jail like you uh-huh. know just and you gotta go when you get into universal florida look at the scariest guy there and, and jump him and get in a fight with him well i have the superior pfizer shot so i can't get a booster yet because i'm already uh. too strong and powerful <laughs> uh so up next we have uh oh brother where art thou in uh, batman boy 11 says uh abe's line quote she did things your mother never would like have sex for money unquote is one of my all-time favorite lines from the show so blunt and stupid it gets me every damn time i don't think i noticed that the before that the uh, baby herb sorry the baby herb <laughs> had the homer beard line when given back to abe at the carnival but i'm very glad it was pointed out because i love that image i definitely agree with the consensus that it's weird and almost too outlandish that herb could actually maybe made destitute by his business failing from this one bold move given that to quote catwoman quote the rich don't go broke like the rest of us awesome episode guys so yeah uh i mean like we said jeff martin wrote it in a weekend yes and yeah. it was for uh, a big guest star so yeah yeah so i i don't fault him for that but they can't yeah i love i also want to include that i just love that Catwoman quote from batman returns just uh yeah the rich don't even go broke like the rest of us but and, and yeah the has have sex for money one of the most blunt lines ever in the show also on that episode uh Catherine elliott dotier uh, apologies if i mispronounced that they say small joke i noticed at the beginning herb is telling his board that they don't want to name a car after persephone but what do they end up doing naming the car after the dead greek author and poet homer i so. don't know if that was intentional but i feel like maybe it was maybe. it's so clever yeah it's uh, and jeff martin is a very clever writer yeah and, but if he didn't do it lie and say that it was fully intentional we can but. we can call him or email him i think <laughs> it's so funny that he goes like the persephone and yes the homer i never ever read it as naming after greek pro but Catherine, that is a great point by you mm-hmm. Up next, we have Bye Bye Nerdy, and Mr. L says, I'm sure there's more violent, itchy, and scratchy shorts, but to me, the most disturbing one is the parody where Scratchy is frozen in time or whatever and comes out as an old frail cat, and the giant brain itchies first groom him and make him feel safe, then torture him in a giant arena. Always wig me out. Also, the animation of the baby-proofing salesperson trying to open the baby formula always reminded me of Mission Hill's animation style, so that connection totally makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I, I love that one with the big brain itchies. Yes. Where yeah. uh, they just, like, throw axes at them with their brains. <laughs> yes. And the, the sound their brains makes is so cool. It's like, whoa, whoa. 
Yeah, it's you know, I think uh, it's not the bloodiest, but Mr. O makes a great point that it is psychological torture, like the comforting they give. He's the shaking old man, and they then put a coat on him and, and brush his hair. They're like, see, we're your friends. But then as he's put into like the, the Coliseum pit, he's like, well, what's going on? What is this? And then, yeah, just all that set up to torturing him. And Mr. O also, great point. I should have, the slamming of the bottle, it really did move like how in Mission Hill they'd slam something or just make an action that that definitely felt like mcmullen got in some from mission hill style in that moment and by the way that itchy and scratchy is planet of the aches from ah. uh, season six's bart of darkness right right that's the one that's played right before classic crusty starts <laughs> Uh, also on that episode, Manic Rainbow says, this was one of the few episodes I had on tape and I watched it all the time. So this brings back lots of memories. I forgot just how much the Scully years really brought me into the Simpsons as a child. This episode is so funny though, with a few problematic moments. The Homer baby proofing plot line is classic to me. Also, I'm sick of you boys talking smack on NRBQ. I feel like the songs they use are very fitting. <laughs> Great episode as always. We don't hate NRBQ. We just find it funny how uh, Mike Scully got them into the show nine times in uh, fact we're going to be covering a secret nrbq song that's not listed on the wiki that's yeah, in the show i know uh, i think in like december or maybe november november yeah deep in november but yeah it's uh bob with, with a great find there bob surprises me on the podcast because <laughs> i didn't notice it but bob got it so yeah look look forward to that one with a cool guest on that one as well so up next we have uh, what a cartoon comments the first round of comments are for our what a cartoon movie episode all about the road to el dorado and james beers is up first and he says this movie was one of two of my first dvds the other was snow day a probably bad movie i still watch a lot because dvds were a novel experience at the time like i get why people ship miguel and tulio up until the last like 10 years lgbt characters were harder to come by also as for cartoon men go they're pretty good looking and to a contingent of shippers that's really all that matters that said i do appreciate the breakup song for showing that male friendships ending can be just as painful as a breakup with a partner having ended a friendship with another guy i've been friends with for 10 long years uh, for complicated reasons that song got to me I don't regret the time we had and I still think of him fondly I'm also a sucker for Elton John ballads I remember when there was an El Dorado PC game demo disc I got from somewhere probably a magazine it wasn't very good but most of the PC games you have are these demo discs you milk it so <laughs> yeah yeah I think I totally agree with you James and I think I said it on the podcast where all lots of times when people see a strong male friendship they're like well that's gay right yes yeah, pretty yeah, gay yeah no and I and and I also think he has a good point that uh now that there's actual gay stuff in cartoons in american cartoons you don't have to just project it upon or find uh reasons for it in uh any old male male friendship bear witness says about el dorado i'm proud to say that i actually managed to see this in theaters back in the day listening to this episode both gave me a new appreciation for how good the animation is all that stuff they have horses do and how great this voice cast was together that said the lyric we shall surely gaze on the sweet unfolding of an antique mystery has been rattling around in my head for years now as one of the most florid over and <laughs> things i've ever heard in a tim rice song which is really saying something i'm not even sure it's a bad line it's just a lot yeah yeah it's a mouthful tim rice wrote some of the biggest like lyrics he ever has for that it's just so much that entire song is like tim rice uh florid uh line writing ever was that yeah. from the trail we blaze yes okay yeah. i thought so and we shall surely gaze on the sweet unfolding yeah 
I had that Elton John song that wasn't even in the movie in my head because <laughs> uh, he's in that music video. It's great. Uh, mm-hmm. So up next, we have Danny Phantom. The episode is Mystery Meet, the first episode of Danny Phantom. And uh, Kevin says, I thought it was funny. You guys mentioned how Butch Hartman seemed like the type to play a handsome soap opera doctor because he actually does voice a character in Fairly Odd Parents. That's pretty close to that. And we were provided with the wiki link to Dr. Rip Studwell. Yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Butch Hartman uh, portraying himself as being very attractive. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a conventionally handsome if you look at him even now in his old age you're like yeah you're a handsome enough guy that i can see why you thought you'd star in soap operas when you moved to uh to california back then and he i mean that really tells you like he settled for cartoons <laughs> like he's like i'm i should have been i should have been a daily player on on all my children but instead i guess i have to write jokes for cartoons also on that danny phantom one tune j723 says about the weird pacing in danny phantom i wonder if they were still operating under a two 11 minutes mindset this show has two acts instead of three acts like most half hour shows ray angram has the storyboards for episode 18 on his website and the cover page says life lessons 136 act two compared to say an avatar storyboard uh, where act three for episode 19 is labeled as 319 instead of 357 i couldn't find any scripts to prove this was how they were written though since this isn't produced by federator fred cybert wasn't able to just upload them to scribed to the scribed page like he did for all of fairly odd parents as for nick tunes being widescreen nick was really behind compared to the rest of the industry to add to what harry thornton said earlier disney warner brothers and cartoon network all switched to widescreen in 2000 2002 and 2005 respectively but nick wouldn't switch to widescreen until episode 21 of tough puppy in 2011 2011 that's nuts that is crazy i by by 2011 it's very clear hd <laughs> is the standard and you're only going to make your stuff look old once everybody has hd tv my poor ass had an hd tv in 2009 yeah and nickelodeon yeah. was behind me <laughs> in 2009 that's when i finally bought my first hd tv because i had i had, was making big money as a video game journalist and i was like all right time to finally own a a 40 inch <laughs> hd television. time for you to buy all the equipment you need for the job yep 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 they it, won't give you anything <laughs> Uh, so up next, we have Big City Greens, the episode Barry Kuda and Wongavu T. Dimp says, uh, Big City Greens is such a fun show. During the height of the pandemic, my brother and I would occasionally catch it on TV, and it was quite the burst of comfort during a harsh year. I'm glad cozy comfort shows like this exist alongside the big serialized adventure shows. Variety is the spice of life. Also, if I ever get my own cartoon, you guys are definitely making voice cameos, LOL. I promise you that. And so we have that on record. Yeah, going to hold you to it. We know a lot of cartoon people some of them have been on our podcast and we are not being cast in things no it's uh you know i i forgive them they're busy you know i rob paulson needs to eat there's a lot of great voice actors out there and they got a lot of friends probably all of their friends are Mm -hmm. telling them put me in your show i have a funny cartoon voice but this reminds me of how tom sharpling uh is the voice of greg universe and steven universe and he was a radio show host who got a message from you know rebecca show as she was working on her pilot saying hey if 
if this show gets made if this gets made into a show will you be a voice and uh, tom sharply tells the story he goes like yes sure that'll never <laughs> happen and then boom he's a voice for 200 episodes of a cartoon series so who knows this could be our story six years from now when we're the stars of the next steven universe type level show mm. it'll be because of dimps right here mark henry's words and uh, henry <laughs> you can take this last one because i want to know what the meaning of it is all right so here we go michael branson says okay okay i'm a chef been one a while i gotta know who's putting ketchup in their mild sauce henry really threw me for a loop on that catfish announcement uh so yes if you haven't listened to the big city greens one yet i talk about how i uh was eating catfish while watching some of it in chicago and i had ordered fried catfish that came with mild sauce and they're of course you know like at taco bell or lots of restaurants they have mild sauce meaning basically a red sauce that is not spicy that's what mild sauce is but specifically when i say this mild sauce i do mean the chicago soul food comfort food style mild sauce which is specifically served at restaurants like harold's or other ones hmm. in the chicago's tradition and so chicago brand mild sauce specifically is i believe typically three parts barbecue two parts ketchup one part hot sauce Combined, brother it ain't ketchup yeah it ain't, uh, i mean yeah it's that is what mild sauce is like you taste it I, I part of it is how simple it is and how i i never heard of it before i when i say mild sauce i mean it with a capital m because that there's uh, chicago mild sauce fans take a lot of pride in its specific mild sauce but mm. uh you know chicagoans out there please add in more context in this if if you have specific mild sauce thoughts but i I didn't enjoy Chicago mild sauce until to, until that recent trip this year, and it was just really tasty. Like it is not like what I expected little M mild sauce to be, but I, I so I was surprised that a professional chef has not heard of this uh, style of mild how, sauce. How did this come up? Were we talking about eating barracuda? Um, oh, I guess he's cook. <laughs> he finds it cooking, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I talked about eating fish, but also I was watching Big City Greens while uh, eating fish gotcha, with mild sauce. Gotcha. So that's how it came up. I was but, wondering. But yeah, if uh, if other folks out there are not familiar with it, try try some Chicago style mild sauce yourself with fried chicken or fish. It tastes really mm. good. So that is it for another episode of Talk to the Audience. Again, a big month for us, and it's going to be a big end of 2021 because, of mm -hmm. course, uh, Blab and Bat Batman, the animated series, uh, starts on October 29th for patrons of the $5 and up level on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Sign up there. Get one new episode every Friday for the rest of 2021. And in the free feeds, we're going to have a preview of at least the first episode, like a 30-minute a preview so you can know what the series is like. But hey, trust us. We know how to talk about cartoons. Yes. We've been doing it for uh, almost seven years now i think or close oh, to it geez. Yep, yes. yep yeah but i mean the patreon is about to be five years six years old so mm -hmm. yeah no and uh and yeah don't forget that coming very soon uh you vote on millennium actress yes or no please vote yes uh, <laughs> and i really want to i think that's a good one to it also it, let me tell you here it takes place on december 31st Ooh. which is basically when we're going to be releasing it so come on that's perfect it is perfect yeah. but yes yeah. uh thanks again for listening folks we'll see you again next month for another episode of talk to the audience take care Infotainment.